Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Weight Break Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO at Weight Break. On this episode of Leading Brands, we're joined by Dr. Lisa Craven, who's the co-founder at Made by Dentist. We're talking about everything retail and specifically launching an oral healthcare brand inside of Target nationally, not in the long term, but at the start of the brand. Yes, Made by Dentist launched their brand directly in Target nationwide. So, lot to learn from this episode. Once again, brought to you by Waybreak, an email and SMS marketing agency for direct consumer and enterprise brands. If you want to get the same results that companies like Curology, Nutrafol, and more have received, I'm talking about triple-digit increases in email and SMS marketing revenue. You can learn more about partnering with us by visiting waybreak.co or the link down in the show notes below. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Lisa at Made by Dentist. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So your doctor, uh, made by dentist, obviously a dentist. For people who maybe aren't familiar with made by dentist, although you guys have been growing a lot, you're in retail, um, people have probably been starting to see you, still kind of relatively newer, but for the people who are unfamiliar, would love to, um, yeah, for you to share kind of a little bit of the story and just get everybody up to speed. Sure. Um, so made by dentist is a company started by my sister and I were sisters and dentists. And so we um, started this company originally actually about uh, maybe six or seven years ago um, in Ireland and the UK, but our goal was always to be in the US. So we um, launched Made by Dentist just in this March, actually, in All Stores Target. And I suppose the whole ethos and reason for us even beginning the company was really to bring our experience as dentists um, through to more options for our customers and patients to choose in store. So obviously when working as dentists, you know, we are trained and educated for so long in terms of, okay, how does this work? And why does this work? And all of that. And I suppose it's really about bringing that transparency of conversation through to a retail space. So we are in all sorts target. We have children's products and adults, adult products. And yeah, we're really excited to have launched there in March. And it's been kind of a, an exciting time for the, for the company. Yeah, that's awesome. And so bring me, bring me back. So, um, you know, I, I'm just even curious too. Okay. So you st- started the brand in Ireland, then you launched in the U S what are even like the differences in like getting a product like that developed and, you know, like, are there differences in regulation? Cause like here they always talk about how like, you know, the Mac and cheese in the U S is a lot different than everywhere else because of the different rules and regulations and things. So I'm just curious, like at a high level within the toothpaste, space what does that look like in the dental dental hygiene world yeah i mean it is actually it obviously is a very highly regulated space um especially when you have active ingredients so obviously we come under the fda in the us so that is you know very firmly and right you know rightfully so very regulated space um we have different but equally strict regulations in europe um so um, it is a different process for sure, but I, I mean, Vanessa and I are dentists. So if you were, you know, like formulation, chemistry, ingredients, that's our kind of bread and butter. That's something we lead into. I think from the very beginning where we were extremely interested in keeping our products super cleanly formulated. So this is something that, um, we were actually like happy to dive into in terms of regulation. So it's a necessary part of the business, something you obviously have to take extremely seriously, but something we're well used to. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was just curious because it is something that's like, you know, it's not exactly a medical product, but like it's getting close um, hmm. for sure. But I, I, I like that approach of like, you know, we're just going to make what's best and what's best is already compliant with everything to begin with. Totally. You know, in, in fact, I, I think like sometimes Europe has like super strict, um, you know, guidelines in terms of what we allow in products. So it is like slight variations. Um, and so, I mean, it was really right up our alley to keep our products very cleanly formulated anyway. So that's that's kind of like uh, a good thing for us. Yeah, for sure. And so did I hear you right? Like, did you launch the U.S. brand straight into Target off the bat every store? We did. <laughs> so walk me through that. Was that always the plan? Like when we hit the US market, we're going all out. Was it an opportunity that presented itself? Or like, what was that? What was that like? Because that was not too long ago, but very yeah, exciting. I mean, 
our plan like it's great to have plans and like long-term plans but I mean never nothing ever really goes to plan I mean I think <laughs> if anybody's being honest like you have a goal but then there's a million little um kind of meandering roads along the way so yeah I mean our goal was always targets an amazing retailer I think it's a fantastic place to launch and grow a brand but it is a huge retailer and logistically you know it has its challenges is it in terms of you need to make sure that you have a great team that can meet their needs logistically and operationally so it's it's funny when you're dealing with a large retailer like that it's just as important the brand the product is obviously really important and then the logistics and operation is just as important so yeah it was we we were online with them for a little while and so we launched our our adult products and our children's products, 10 SKUs, all stores. So it was a huge amount of work and focus for the team, um, but actually went really well. They were and have been an amazing partner to us. Um, so it was just working really closely to make sure that we could um, logistically make it all smooth Um and so yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of work, um, but it, it was it was really fun. And I mean, it's such an amazing retailer. And you walk in, you see your product on shelf. It's like, it's like that's like okay, that's that's a huge thing. You know what I mean? So I was really really happy to have that happen. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, was it difficult going from like zero to one? Obviously, you had the experience building the brand overseas first, but still, you know, I'm sure launching an entirely new brand nationally like that like what what was that like was it difficult to like get every like to get all the product made and like what was that what was that whole process like for you I mean I think we were lucky because we'd had a company for like six or seven years already you know based in Europe but we had we had been building our U.S. team for about a year or two before this um, and we I th- I'll tell you one thing like learning that you need a great team because mistakes are extremely costly. If you make mistakes at scale in a retailer like Target, it's just so costly. So for us, you know, we have a fantastic team that are experienced and that are really dedicated. And I think that's what we really focused on for the year or two before that. It was always our goal. But then when it comes to it, it's pretty short term in terms of when you get your, okay, yeah, we're going to do this to when it actually goes in store. So having that team set up, like again, like you know, Vanessa and I, you know, we're dentists, so our product is something we focused on insanely from the very beginning. So we're very happy with our product, very happy with our regulation. Having a have an amazing team around us for logistics and um operations, and that's that's as I said, huge. So it was really like that focus on building that team to make sure that they were ready for when we were going in store. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And, and and it's a great point you make that like mistakes at scale are very costly, especially in retail. Uh, I mean, it's true. It's like I've had scrappy founders on my podcast who get in really early and, you know, they finally see their product on the shelf and it doesn't scan. And so they have to go in physically and, you know, slap the sticker on to, you know, the correct barcode. And I've heard like so many stories like that. And, you know, that's not ideal, but if you're only launching into a few test stores, it's doable to get out there and like fix it. But if you're launching nationally, you don't have that room for error. You don't have that room for error. And like stickering to me is like, like, you know, it's like what most people feel like when somebody says, you know, you're going to the dentist. I'm like stickering. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hear about <laughs> no, it. Thanks. I don't want to have to. And, and yeah, you make mistake. It's just, oh my God, it's just yeah, it's expensive. And also you have this amazing opportunity and you don't want to disappoint a customer or the retailer. So everything has to be right. And it's just amazing how things can actually, small things can slip you up. So um, I was trying to think of, of every detail. Once Target was like, let's go, how long did you have to kind of figure everything out? I think we probably had maximum about six months. Oh, wow. For manufacturing, you know, so we like, you know, we had obviously had products, but it's, you know, making sure they were right for target. And we, we kind of tweaked and adjusted a little bit. So um, we launched in March, we're going to tweak our adult packaging a little bit now to re- to in March this year. Um, so it is, and it, I think it as well is like mentally accepting that because we didn't have a chance to grow in specialty or smaller stores or test stores that it's like having the mental like permission to be like, okay, we, if we, if we, if we need to tweak things, we will like we, one of our, one of my, um, 
I, I mean, I will take total responsibility for it too. But um, one of the like mistakes we made with was when we launched our kids range, we launched one of our flavors. We do this thing where we call them all crazy things. So like our, we have this alien character and it's like, we call it alien blood. Cause we, I mean, I have four kids. So like my kids love disgusting and gross things. So we wanted it to be kind of fun and engaging. Um, so we made it a caramel color, our flavor. And let's just say that did not, I mean, some people loved it and it sold well, but it was very polarizing. And so I think with kids, we learned that you have to make your flavors as widely acceptable as possible. So now we change it out to grape and like, it's a lot more just, you know, but honestly, like some of the reviews were like on, like almost worth it. They were so like, so graphic. So it's <laughs> it actually sold decently. And a lot of people now contact me saying, I really love like caramel, bring it back. But you know, psychologically taste and toothpaste goes hand in hand. So like, you're going to make a couple of mistakes. You just have to recover very quickly. But that also is where having a great partner in your buyer is huge. And then investing in, okay, if there's something we need to change, let's, let's make it happen quickly and move on. And how do you, how much time do you have to fix a mistake like that? Like, did that launch and then three months later, you're like, we got to do something different or do you have to wait till like the next cycle of uh, like the, with the way yeah. retail works? It, it And it depends again on the situation. We were lucky enough that we could change mid cycle. So we did. And it was really important to us to do that. So we, we just, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, like I understand as a mother, you know, as a parent, you know, if I, my, if I buy something for my kid and they don't like it and it just disturbs my early morning or late night bedtime, I'm like, Oh my God, it's actually really frustrating. So we just didn't want customers to be disappointed. And we were like so grateful and honored that people would even pick up our product and use it. And so for anybody to have like something that was polarizing, we just didn't want it. So, um, we had a great, you know, we, we swapped it out pretty quickly, but I think that again, that comes back to like the culture in your company, like everybody, right. no, let's make it happen. We have that relationship with our manufacturers. It's like, okay, let's go, let's move, let's change. How can we make this work? And so the whole company's values are lie in kind of customer service and customer experience. And so that was like, it wasn't even a question as soon as we could um, make the change. We, we totally did that. Yeah, I love that. And not just like waiting for like time to run out and then, okay, and then we'll make the switch. It's like, no, like we, we're doing this and we have to. And that's great that the team's on board too, like working hard yeah. to make it happen. I mean, that's huge. What um, what was the plan when it comes to like, okay, you know, traditionally you mentioned you didn't have the chance to go into like specialty retail first and working your way up. I feel like traditionally that's kind of what brands do. You know, they dip their toe into wholesale and retail and then they work their way up to, you know, they do the test run and then they go national and then they go international. Like what was the thought process behind? I love it, by the way. It's like, let's just go national. Let's do it. Um, But what, what was the thought process with that decision? It's, I mean, specialty stores for oral care. It's not, there isn't like, where do you go? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not that easy. It's not a beauty product. It's not it, it, it. People buy their their oral care grocery, Target, Walmart, Amazon. Like people buy that in large scale um, outlets. So there isn't really a, a place to test, and you can't direct consumer. It's just a different model. It, it, it's a different. Um, it's a whole different ball game. So, and also we had, we got the opportunity and we knew it was high stakes, but it was something that we, we, we wanted to, as I said, we'd had business in Europe for like six years. So we were, we're learning all the time in terms of, you know, how it works and what the messaging needs to be and the product needs to be great. Um, so we, we, we got the opportunity and sometimes, yeah, like if I had a, you know, magic wand this is exactly how you want to, to do things, test and, and learn and, and change, but it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you just get a, you get a moment in time and you just have to, to grab that opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you guys just went for it. And so was the brand remind me, was that like the official launch of like the brand itself too, or had you done some like direct consumer initially before that? That was really our, our launch. Um, and yeah, we have some direct consumer experience in Europe because we do maybe more 60% direct consumer with a, with a different kind of brand, um, like look and aesthetic. 
Um, so, I mean, for us, this was really important to make this a retail first brand. That there's something we, I mean, we don't have, we're a small company. We don't have the budget. We, I mean, you're, we are talking about Colgate, Crest, Sensodyne, you know, yeah. to all, even talk about budgets is kind of laughable. Um, so we don't have the the deep pockets that some of the bigger brands have. So we wanted, we worked, we worked on our packaging to make it as impactful as possible. And that's where we really focus on creating great product and then creating a great um, packaging experience for parents and kids that they would find it engaging and fun. And I think that was, you know, you lean on the, on the things that you can control, you know, so that's what we did. Got it. Yeah, I was going to ask next, like, what was then the launch strategy? Because like, you're rolling out into all these stores, you're a new brand. So it's not like, like, obviously, you have the other business, but it's not like people are familiar with the brand already. And like, and now you're in Target. So it sounds like a lot of that came down to like branding and packaging. But like, how did you think about, you know, okay, now that we're in now we have to sell like, what was kind of the strategy there? Yeah, like I think again, having a great partnership with with your retailer and your buyer, and in terms of how we can work together to get the message of your brand out for their customer. Um, we were lucky that we actually Target allowed us to launch with like a side cap, so we had like an extra off shelf positioning um, that we also did, and that was a great opportunity that Target allowed us to participate in. Um, I I think again, you know, it really comes back to for us, like this is not just about selling product. This is about, this is really about two dentists wanting to share what we know as dental professionals. So like a lot of our marketing and branding, it's like, you know, it's like has very little to do with toothpaste. This is, we, we talk more about oral health because, you know, it's all well and good to like use a toothpaste or use a mouthwash or whatever. But if you don't know why or when or what your specific need is as a customer and patient, you know, you're not getting the maximum benefit from using products. Like Vanessa and I would always say, you know, you go to the dentist to have your teeth checked and diagnosed and any, you know, disease or any issues we will rectify and hopefully give you some help to prevent future disease. But your oral health is achieved at home every day. Like it's what the products you use, your diet and life, lifestyle. So we feel like our value is best spent driving more education and awareness about oral health. And that's something that we're we're extremely passionate about. Like if you look at especially children and we have a lot of children's products, it's, you know, cavities is, is the number one chronic disease in the U.S., People think like everyone's teeth are fine. It's not like it's the number one chronic disease. It's normally the number one reason that children go under general anesthetic is mm. poor dental health. So it is a problem. And that's what we prefer to talk about is how do we how do we help our customers never get a cavity again? This is something that's almost for almost everybody is preventable. So how do we talk about that? And how how can we have real conversations, not just as a your dentist who's kind of wagging their finger at you but like I'm you know, a mother I, I am a person I can help you my job is to help you find a way for your specific self and your family to find a way to prevent future oral disease and to have the best oral health that you can possibly have and so that's really what we focus on when it comes to marketing and branding we really don't spend a lot of time um you know, like our product is this, it's, you know, there's a lot of great toothpaste out there. That's not why people get oral disease. It's not the toothpaste. It's how we're using it and what we're eating and how we're living our lives. And so spending time on that is how we feel like we could create the most value for our customers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially in a world where it's like, um, and we were joking about it earlier, like the big toothpaste companies all kind of market the same and they don't really like teach you anything. They more kind of like market at you with s random statistics and like animated videos of like a toothbrush cleaning teeth, which like isn't even real. I mean, that's if they're even doing any advertising. Like I imagine a lot of them just kind of like sit there in the store and then, you know, send their samples out to dentists to cram in your bag and then you use it and throw it away and just buy whatever most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally. And it's also, I mean, I do agree. I think that, you know, when you look at the bigger companies, I think that, you know, we could be spending a lot more time creating more valuable information and education for customers. I think we could be spending a lot less time you know, just like the whole message of like 
bright white smile, minty fresh. It's just like, it's just to me as, as a dentist working with patients every day, there's just nonsense statements to me. Like you could just be spending your time and resources preventing disease, just driving education. Like when I look at like skincare and beauty and Vanessa and I used to always say that to each other, like, look how informed our customer patients are, or people are about like skincare and beauty. Like they are so educated, so aware, so knowledgeable on ingredients. And then it comes to oral care. And it's like, you're buying the same products that you, your parents bought like, you know, 30 years ago. And like, look at any other aisle in the, in stores. It really hasn't changed a lot. And, and yeah, there are a lot of really good brands that are challenging, you know, the bigger players, but 98% of all sales are still going to those huge companies. And the reality is, you know, they're still testing on animals. They're still using by animal byproducts in their, in their toothpaste. I would say 99% of all their products are unrecyclable. So pretty much every toothpaste tube that's ever been made is still on the planet. Like our toothpaste tubes are recyclable as are, as, as are some other challenger brands. Like they could be really improving their game um, instead of putting out like, you know, bright white smile or minty fresh. And so we spend a lot of time like kind of making a little bit of fun of that, of that and like having a bit more of a transparent, real conversation that we feel like is ultimately more helpful. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And also like leaning into, you know, what's unique about your brand, like the education and coming from you directly versus like, you know, what is Crest? What is Colgate? They're just like big kind of bland companies that have been around forever, you know, probably not, not going to necessarily, you know, if you go with those companies, I don't know, just like, you know, you're not going to have a terrible experience. It might not be the good or the right experience, but you know, you're not going to have a bad one. So I feel like a lot of people just lean into that. And that's the same with like any kind of legacy company. Like they just kind of exist. You just kind of use them because they're there. Um, but I like how you guys are leaning into education and like even putting faces to the brand and like leaning into the education. I mean, some of it on the website, like I am curious, like one of these, one of these videos, I didn't click the video. I just see the headline. It just says WTF don't rinse question mark. Like, what does that mean? You're not supposed to rinse. So you're not supposed to rinse your, uh, like this, this again, this comes back to like, like the gurgle. Yeah, you're not supposed to rinse your mouth. So when you brush your teeth and you're using a toothpaste, you're not supposed to rinse after. You're supposed to leave the toothpaste in your mouth. And mm -hmm. so if you rinse your mouth out with water afterwards, you're essentially um, just like rinsing away all the active ingredients that are protecting your teeth. So if you leave the toothpaste to just like sit in your mouth, it will actually absorb onto the tooth surface for a lot longer and give you much more benefits. It's the same reason we, we, we say never to use mouthwash after you brush your teeth. It's completely pointless. You don't get any additional health benefits. So if you want to use a mouthwash, you should typically tend to use it like in the middle of the day. So if you brush your teeth morning and evening, like rinse your, use a mouthwash in the middle of the day. And like that actually has a massive impact on your overall oral health and your risk of getting a cavity. If you were to come to me as a patient and say, okay, look, I keep seeing, like keep, keep getting cavities. What's happening? Okay. Well, let's find out what, why that's happening. If you're brushing your teeth morning and evening, I would say use mouthwash in the middle of the day and don't snack. It has nothing to do with what you eat. It has everything to do with how often you eat. So you can eat a, an entire chocolate cake every day if you want. You never get a cavity as long as you eat it all in one go. So it's just in making people aware of the science behind oral disease. So, for example, we say like every time you eat something, that sugar will stay in your mouth for 45 minutes. So whether you eat one piece of candy or the entire box of candy, it makes no difference. It's the, it's the frequency or how often you're eating. So just eat it all, all in one go. And that they, those are the types of conversations we prefer to have. So rather than me saying, you know, sugar is bad, that is just completely pointless as a, it's, there's no point in me saying that it's not helpful. I love sugar. I'm going to always have sugar. How can I eat sugar and never get a cavity? I'll tell you how to eat sugar and never get a cavity. You know what I mean? I'll tell you how to whiten your teeth without damaging. Even them. that, you know? like, that's such a great hook like how to eat sugar and never get a cavity again it's like wait yeah eat sugar that doesn't like seem like it should be allowed based on what we've been what we've been told or you know watching in willy wonka or whatever yeah it just doesn't i mean but that there that's what i mean that they're the real conversations that you need to have and then you talk about children you you know and it's like every every child is so different how can i help you know kids never get cavities how do i help you know 
help parents, you know, set up little routines that can really actually impact their children's oral health. And actually, once you kind of set down healthy or, you know, healthy habits for kids, like all the research will show that they don't tend to get a, a, as much oral disease in the, as they get older. Um, baby teeth do matter. This is why they matter. And this is how they impact your, your overall adult teeth as you get older. And so it's like a lot of times we would see like just things on like TikTok, like, oh, charcoal toothpaste. And you're like, no, to, no dentist is ever going to recommend. Well, very few dentists are ever going to really recommend a charcoal toothpaste. It's not even an effective. And why is that? It's because damaging. It's, I mean, we've been studying this stuff for years and I'm always really open to ongoing research, but basically it's charcoal doesn't whiten teeth. It's an abrasive. It will erode your teeth. So it will actually like act like a sandpaper and the outer layer of your tooth is actually what is the brightest. So ironically, your teeth will darken over time if you use something like charcoal or an abrasive toothpaste. But I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times my patients would have come into me in, in practice saying, you know, I, sw- I swapped to charcoal toothpaste. You know, like that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just increasing your risk of getting a cavity or a natural toothpaste or, you know, and it's just people are, are trying to make better for you choices, but there's so much confusion in terms of what they're being told is healthy or, or, or it's going to help them. And we just want to kind of almost set people straight a little bit. Okay. This is why if you use charcoal, this is kind of likely what's going to happen. Um, so to set that down and it's really just representing what 99% of dentists would tell you um, if you asked them. Hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like, but most don't put, I mean, they either don't have time or they don't have the platform to like really, obviously now with TikTok, we have more of that. But like before that, it's like, good luck. Like dentists barely had websites and the blogs were just run by like SEO firms to help them rank for dentists near me. Yeah, I know. And that was, I mean, that was genuinely one of the reasons that Vanessa and I started the company is that the amount of times that I would write down on a piece of paper, you know, look for this ingredient in your toothpaste. We, we, we don't have a ton of time when we're seeing patients day on day. And typically we're, we're, people tend to be kind of stressed out when they're in there. They're not super receptive to like, let's talk holistically about my health. They just want to get in and get out. And I think stress levels are so high that they're like, I can't even, I don't even want to talk to you. I just want to get whatever is (laughs) necessary and get the hell out of here. But you know, I think it's like trying to present this information in a way that's it's um, easier to understand and not so scientific and break it down and make it, you know, achievable as opposed to sometimes when you say, well, don't eat sugar and then floss five times a day and then stand on your head. People, you know, people just check out, you know, and so it's it's really about trying to make this conversation a little bit more accessible and and easier for people to understand because it is quite simple when you break it down to really make dramatic, dramatically positive impacts on your oral health. This episode of Leading Brands is brought to you by Adnaboo, the only app you need for advertising your Shopify store. If you're looking for affordable ways to reach new customers, Adnaboo could be the solution. Adnaboo offers the convenience of managing shopping ads across various online platforms like Google Shopping, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and more with a single app. What sets Adnaboo apart? It's innovative AI technology. It optimizes your product listings to generate more sales for your store. Powered by the same language models fueling ChatGPT, its AI tech generates the most effective strategy for each marketplace in real time, saving merchants like you the hassle of hiring experts and giving you more time to focus on growing your business. I highly recommend you reach out and schedule a demo because it could take work off your plate while growing your sales. And as a listener of Leading Brands, you can enjoy an exclusive offer of 20% off all paid plans with the coupon code LEADINGBRANDS20. To learn more about how Adnaboo can work for your brand and to get this offer, visit adnaboo.com. That's A-D-N-A-B-U.com. Link down in the show notes below, adnaboo.com slash leading brands. Like I said, it will be linked down in the show notes below. Highly recommend you check out Adnaboo and see what it can do for your business. And what are like, if you had to summarize that in like the top five tips, what would that be? To improve your oral health, I would say use fluoride toothpaste use a, a toothpaste that has active ingredients i would say floss every day flossing every day i know everyone like i know you floss every day but 
it has a massive impact on your oral health. It prevents cavities. It prevents gum disease. It prevents bad breath. It impacts your heart health. It impacts your blood sugar control. It imp- impacts the level of inflammation in your body. It is one of those things that takes 30 seconds. And honestly, I, I struggle to see another routine that is as impactful on your overall health as flossing. I would use a fluoride toothpaste. Um, I would never use anything abrasive on my teeth. I would never use like anything, you know, when you use a toothpaste and it has like grit or anything, teeth, like you're, that is massively aging on your smile. You're removing enamel and that's what creates kind of an older or more kind of mature looking teeth is like worn teeth from uh, abrasive toothpaste. Fizzy drinks, lemon in your water, things like that. I would always drink that stuff through a straw. Again, I'm all about pre- preserving enamel. Um, what else would I do? I know I was like, I would be fanatical about having my teeth cleaned every six months because damage that's done to your gums and your, your, the bone, bone, bony support around your teeth pretty much is never is, is you cannot get it back. You can't recover the loss. So be fanatical about attending your dentist. And I would be straight with your dentist because people have really genetic, genetically different needs as patients. So um, having that conversation, okay, how do I prevent disease for me? Like some people genetically have weaker gums and need to go more regularly. And some people are kind of can go maybe once a year. They're genetically much stronger. Honestly, sonic toothbrushes, game changer. They are like, they just do all the work for you much smoother, cause less recession on your, on your teeth. Um, so it's like a smarter way to brush. So it, it, a lot of, and again, you'll see a lot of the tips I'm talking about is stuff you're doing at home, stuff that you're doing every day. Um, that's generally what tends to maintain and promote oral health, you know, as, along obviously with going to your dentist every six months and hygienist. How do you find a good dentist? Like, are some dentists just out to say you have a cavity to try to, like, make more money? I mean, I can't say that no dentist is like that, but I think that the vast, vast majority of dentists would much rather spend their time treating more healthier patients. You know, like, I used to do a lot of cosmetic work and Invisalign and bonding and things like that. And that relies on patients to have actually healthy teeth, you know? So we prefer doing more proactively healthy treatments than like we're kind of, you know, head first into a root canal, you know, unless that's <laughs> whatever. So no, I, I do think though, that it's important that you have a dentist that you can trust. A lot of times people are nervous about going to the dentist or embarrassed. And so I think you really do need to have a kind of kind of a vibe with them that you're like, yeah, it's kind of my person. You know what I mean? I trust them. I like them. I trust that they have my best interest at heart. We kind of have like a rapport. I don't think every dentist is for every patient. You do need to find a dentist that you kind of get on with um, because you're going to be going to that person every three months, six months for your whole life. And so it is a lot of trust involved. And so um, you have to be comfortable and you have to trust that person. So I think you know, doing a little bit of work at the beginning to find the right fit, I think is really important. That makes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's kind of like everything. It's like getting your your hair done or whatever. Eventually you find like the right person if you don't find them at first. Totally. And I think you just have to spend that time and, and, you know, like, I think it's, yeah, not, not every dentist is for every person. You just have to find your right. And, and also, you know, we want you to be comfortable. Dentists, don't want patients who are coming in and like super nervous or can't, you know, it's, it's, it makes our job harder, you know? So it's like having that rapport and that trust works both ways. We're more comfortable, you know, it makes our job a little bit easier. Um, and so I think it's like, it's a, it is a relationship, you know? And so getting the right fit, it, it works for both people. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Speaking of by the way, this was super helpful because I feel like it's hard to get. And this is probably why your marketing is so impactful. Like just to like get clear, clean answers on like what actually works and doesn't is like super helpful. And it's like interesting to me because it is something where it's like, you know, I don't know. There's not a lot of like you trust your dentist, but like you say, you're only there for who knows how long every few times a year. And you're always so motivated when you leave because your teeth feel great, especially if they say you have no cavities, you're good to go. You're like, yes, I'm never getting cavity again. 
And then like, it's like two weeks later, you know, the, the floss they sent you home with is gone. You're not ordering it again and, and, and all that. So it is good. I can definitely see how this content can work. And then as a result, it's like, well, you know, if you're telling me what to do, I assume your product is up to the standard of this. So I might as well go with that. And then, you know, having a great product, which it sounds like you do, it's like, you know, once people try it, they keep coming back. I feel like toothpaste must have like one of the, must be one of the most loyal categories out of all of them. Because I feel like once you kind of buy toothpaste, granted, maybe that's just because like, you know, in the store, there's only so many options, but you guys are in the store. You're there. You're one of the options. Totally. Yeah. I think it is like something when you get used to having a product. And again, when you change products, that can be a bit of a, a bit of a, an adjustment too. like one of the things with our, our toothpaste is that we don't have any SLS in our toothpaste. So this is a slightly different experience because most toothpaste have SLS sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, but it's basically a foaming agent. So it makes, you know, just makes your toothpaste foam. It has no health benefit. There's nothing that you don't, your toothpaste doesn't need to foam. Like when you go to the dentist, there's nothing foaming happening, happening in your mouth. It doesn't, that doesn't do anything, you know, or we're not washing dishes. So like, but what we would say as dentists, the amount of patients that we would see that have very reactive mouths, very inflamed lining of your mouths and SLS is hugely inflammatory. It pins the lining of your mouth, weakens the lining of your mouth. It's just not a good ingredient. And so we don't put it in any of our toothpaste, but you will find a slightly less foaming, you know, experience. But then once you use it, you know, a couple of times, you'd be like, okay, this is, this is just typical and normal for me. So that's one of the differences. And so I want to take it back to team. We talked about that in a little bit, a little bit in the beginning. And thanks for taking us through like the in-depth of like, you know, what good dental health actually is. Cause like I was just fascinated and now I know, um, it's a lot more simple than I had imagined. But, um, anyway, I want to go back to team. So like you mentioned, like you focused on really building your team specifically in like operations and like the logistics side of the business. Obviously, you have all the skill set in the dental, the dental health side. So, like, how did you build the team in these categories that you previously didn't really have much experience with? Granted, you know, you've been an entrepreneur in the space for over seven years now, so maybe that has some to some something to do with it. But um, just curious, like, how you were able to build out the rest of the team, it, which it sounds like is like in they're skilled at what you're maybe not as skilled at as they would be. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I was obviously I moved here from Ireland. And so like having an actual, you know, founder, you know, in the U S was, was really important to us. I, I think that, um, you know, it's a combination of having a great like skill set in your team member, but it's also that you're kind of aligned, you know, personality wise. And it was, it's really important for Vanessa and I, when we're growing the company that, you know, we have good people, like good people working for us and that we can, it's, you know, we can have fun, you know, no one's upset if you get stuck sitting beside them at a party, you know what I mean? That you can actually grow a team mentality. Like we have a, like, you know, so that, that side of it is, is really important. I think it takes time to grow a team. It's just not something, it's like a, that culture does take time to grow and to find the right people. And then the right, the next right person, I think it's like, doing it slowly, making sure that the company is right for them. You know what I mean? And that you're, you know, that they're right for you. It is a dynamic, a two-way thing, you know? Um, and so I'm being supportive of team members. Um, I think it's, it's, I think it's so nice to have like a small team that you can grow slowly and, they have great skill sets. And for us, we really did focus on hiring more senior team members for this task. We didn't, you know, we really invested in our team members because we understood the challenge that was ahead of us. And we understand that, yeah, I'm a great dentist, but I always joke like I have no skill sets, you know, that's, that's my skill set. And yeah, I've learned a ton about business, but you know, this is, that's not my career. And I'm super respectful that it's other people's careers to have, you know, ton of knowledge in logistics, operations, you know, finance, sales, all that stuff, marketing. So is respecting, you know, people's role there. And yeah, it takes time. Team team is, I'm, I'm super grateful for our team. I like, honestly, they're just amazing. And I think it's the attitude that we all have for each other is what I, I love the most about them. Yeah, it's definitely really difficult to do building a team especially a great team. You know, when you think about like hiring those people who are senior with a lot more experience, um, 
you know, I guess just at a high level, because we are starting to run out of time. Like, what did that look like? Are you looking for people with like 20 years of experience or they're coming from the the same, you know, oral care space or like just at a high level? Like, how do you approach like hiring people who are experienced? Because I imagine, you know, you, you'll be able to go a lot faster. And, you know, obviously the caveat there is you have to invest a lot more, like you were saying. But um, how do you like kind of how do you go about finding those people? I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's connections, like meeting people and meeting more people, you know, like, I think we were lucky enough to have hired some of the, we're in Southern California. So we have some of the ex Sunbomb team, you know, who work for us. I think it's like finding person personalities who have worked in similar industries with similar retailers, you know, are, have worked with buyers have, have, you know, done something extremely similar um because you know that is the knowledge that's what you're that's what you need to invest in is for them to have that experience and i think being super direct and sometimes people you know when you're hiring it's like okay what exact role did you have though what were you actually responsible for and obviously people sometimes people you know develop in their careers that they're not necessarily doing the things that they used to do so when you're going back to a smaller team making sure that they are um they have that kind of drive to do whatever it takes you know whatever it takes if it's packing boxes and if or if it's a higher level meeting with the the buyer it's it is all hands on deck and so having that kind of like team attitude is is really important so i think networking and getting to know people personality matches really good skill set but also like really specific relevant experience um for us we didn't you know for senior positions we just didn't have time to learn on the job we needed someone who like you know i have launched a brand in target i have you know overseen the operations of that i know what it takes you know to financially plan out what ordering looks like and 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 all of that so it's really specific questions that need to be asked to make sure that you know we're all going to be successful in our in our roles yeah and how do you know because like that's the other thing it's like with this person it's like okay they have a lot of experience sometimes people get that experience and then they only want to like they, they, they're afraid to get their hands dirty or they don't feel like getting their hands dirty like they used to how do you like figure if figure out if they're that type of person who's like you know ready to get their hands dirty type, yeah, type I of person think just have, have to have really honest conversations and then i that's what i think though when you're when you're hiring a team member it's like it's as much your job as the founder to make sure that that person is suitable for the role and that you're suitable for them like nobody wants to go into a, a job um to like to fail and you can fail for lots of reasons not just because the skill set but because you don't feel like that's just the right fit and so it's just having really honest conversations about you know the expectation um and i think that people know if they're truly supported in a team you know what i mean like if there's a real strong team mentality and they know like i do all the customer service you know all like all of the emails back and forth with customers and patients because I'm fanatical about customer experience and so like you know I do a ton of that I go to UPS I'll do I'll clean the office I'll I'll do anything you know and I do because I like I joke I have no skill sets so these are my jobs and I love it but I think it's that comes from the founders too you have to if you're going to ask somebody to be willing to do anything you have to be willing to do anything too so I think that it has to go through the whole team. It's not just for certain individuals. It's for everyone. And, and I think that's really important. You know, people will support you if they feel supported genuinely, you know? And so that's what I, I think Vanessa and I are, are really, you know, I think we feel strongly about that. Yeah, I think so too. On a recent episode, um, I was talking with the founder about how like at his first restaurant job, like the whole mentality of like at a nice restaurant, everyone just like picked up what everyone put down. And because everybody was doing it, nobody had any fuss about, you know, oh, I'm doing this and this person's not just like, you know, someone put the tray down, they pick it up, they take it back. And it was just like a seamless experience because they were all, they were all in on it. And I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what a team is. That's why it's called a team and not just a group or something yeah. else. Um, yeah. And I yeah, think I when think... roles are so vague at the beginning, not vague, but, you know, I mean, you just have to do more. If you have a smaller team, you just have more jobs and tasks that sit within your remit. And so, um, you know, I think then hiring, continuing to grow that team out with the same expectation is you have to just maintain that and make sure you protect that. Um, 
So I think that's really important. It's just, you can't hire at the beginning, you can't hire, you know, a person for every, you know, role until the company gets to a certain point that you actually, you can get there. Um, so I think as long as everyone's on board and you're super clear with people, I think it's, it's, it's really, it's worked really well for us. Yeah, that's awesome. And I appreciate you like being open and honest about that. Um, you know, cause it is, it is the hardest thing to do. Um, but once you get it right, you can go so much faster and so much further than you could on your own. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that is where efficiency comes in is building a great team. You can't, you just can't, you can't do everything like yourself. You won't have the skills to do everything and it can't rely on just one person or two people it has, you have to have a strong team um, to start, you know, relieve people of like responsibility for everything. Um, and so, yeah, it's challenging, but it's also, it's, it's also the most, sometimes the most rewarding part about having a company is to grow a great team and be surrounded by great people and learn a ton from people. And also like go through life, having a great journey with people is like, it is its own rewards too. So to choose wisely <laughs> for sure no and i totally agree and i feel like we've, we're kind of losing that or i guess maybe we're not losing that but we could lose that with the way i don't know i feel like work is trending with remote and all these things and it's like let's just coast and let's just do this but it's like i don't want to wake up when i'm like 75 and be like dang i really blew it and i should have like actually done something and like tried to make a dent in the world or you know hey at the very least a dent in retail um, that sounds fun to me, you know, shake, shaking up the toothpaste style. I mean, that sounds great. Like it just sounds totally. fun, you know, I mean, do yeah. something, I mean, you do something like that's, I mean, that we have huge goals. Like we do not want to be like a challenger brand. We really want to go up against those huge players and, and really start to demand some market share because I do think the oil care industry needs to change. I do think we need to stop testing on animals and using animal byproducts and unnecessary filler ingredients and bad ingredients and all the rest of it, palm oil, child slave labor, you name it. It's all there. And so I do think we need to make a change. And you see it time and time again. It's always the smaller brands that actually create change in industries. And then the kind of bigger players, okay, are like, okay, we're going to not do that anymore. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's so crazy for like, you know, like to even think that like testing on animals is a thing or even was a thing. Like it's almost like in certain industries, like you mentioned beauty, which is like very forward and progressive with both education and product, you know, they're kind of like 20 years ahead of oral care. It's like, you know, you wouldn't even, um, it wouldn't even come to your mind to like, oh yeah, let's test this on an animal first and then see what happens. It's like the fact that you have to test it on something to begin with kind of says like, maybe we shouldn't put that on us, even if it, fine on the animal like wait wait why are we having to test this because like as long as it's an ingredient that exists and kind of comes from somewhere just kind of makes sense to be to just work right i don't know but no i mean honestly all you have to do really is google like amnesty international plus any of those bigger brands and you it's just it's i mean it's, they're all probably on here still yeah like that's the thing it's it's actually crazy and so people I, still buy so it's like at the same time it's like what's or you don't have something better to buy in a lot of cases. That's changed a lot in the last five years. Yeah. And I mean, I do think they have some active ingredients, but they could do a lot, you know, we could use more and different active ingredients. And so I think it is people are making that choice because they don't want to have bad oral health. And so they are thinking, okay, I'm not going to, you know, buy this new kind of trendy charcoal. I'm just going to use what I always use because it seems to work. But there's better choices you don't need to use because the thing is what's in your toothpaste gets directly absorbed into your bloodstream it's not like even eating something the lining of your mouth is like 50 times more absorbent than your skin so your toothpaste is just directly absorbed through the lining of your mouth into your bloodstream so wow. any little you know harmful like like ingredients that are not ideal it's just getting into your system this is a product you're using twice a day for your whole life it is actually important it's it is one of those products that's really important that it's clean because you're going to be exposed to it consistently throughout your whole life um and and if we can make super clean ingredients or in super clean products so can they you know what i mean we can use recyclable packaging so can they um and so it's just I think that, I think there does need to be a lot of changes in, in the oral care industry and in that, you know, we're not trying to be controversial, but like, that's a real thing. And, and by changing what kind of products you buy, you know, it, it does impact, you know, it does impact those companies. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think to your point also, it's like, it's also got to be a better product. Like it can't be like, oh, I'm making this trade off for a worse product. I feel like all the best products, you know, even to your point, Sunbum, you have a lot of their team working for you now. It's like, they didn't just come out with like this fun brand. It was also better for you. And then it also still protected your skin, um, you know, Totally. Instead of like, you know, I feel like we've all tried one of those products. It's like, oh yeah, this is better for you. And it's like, I can't, like it tastes terrible or it doesn't work the same. And it just makes you want to go back to whatever chemical product you're using before, even though you don't want to. And so yeah. I think, yeah, I think you guys are in a really good position to, uh, to succeed because you've got the product and then you've got the values and you also have your unique angle with the um, education and, and everything else you have in the works. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you have to create a great product and you can't ask anybody to, you know, um, make any sacrifices in that way so that we focused on that from the very beginning. So, and there's other great brands that are doing great things too. Like Tom's of Maine is an amazing, you know, brand like hello has had some great products. So it's like, it's not, this is about really driving awareness about the overall industry too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And coincidentally, whoever drives the industry typically, takes the top spot too. <laughs> yeah. well, well, we'll see. Nice. Um, well, yeah, really excited for everything you guys have in the work. Such a works, such a young brand still only launched in Target in March of this year. Um, you know, as we wrap up here, what are the, what are the future plans? When's retailer number two, what else is coming? What, uh, what are you excited about for the future? I mean, I think for us, it's really, um, you know, we just launched like a couple of months ago. So it's really about making sure we're meeting the needs of Target as a partner. Um, You know, I I think that partnership is an amazing one to us. We have an exclusive partnership with them for our kids products for now. Um, So for us, it's really about we're not getting too ahead of ourselves. We just want to make sure we are settled we have all our foundational kind of systems set up that you know we're running smoothly we're seeing what how our customers are reacting more and more um growing our team nice and steadily um and so i think it is that kind of year of okay have we got all our our boxes ticked before we expand further nice super exciting um well you guys have expanded pretty far already and i think you can I think there's a lot of room for growth, even if you don't expand into future retailers and you just gain gain that market share from everybody else. But yeah, it's been great chatting with you. Really appreciate you walking us through everything from like your retail partnership with Target to building a great team. And of course, like the uh, must-have oral hygiene essentials. Um, hopefully people, you know, not too many shivers during this episode from people listening in, um, but you really broke it down, made it really approachable and uh, really appreciate you sharing your story on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And for everybody who wants to learn more about you or the brand, where can they go? Check it out. So you could follow us on Made by Dentist um, on Instagram and TikTok. And then our website is madebydentist.com. Amazing. We'll link that up down in the show notes below. And of course, Target as well, if you're curious, everywhere. And uh, Lisa, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. If you're not subscribed on iTunes or Spotify, go hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're not on our email list, go sign up at wavebreak.co slash join. You'll join other e-commerce leaders at brands like Skims, Cartier, and Walmart, and thousands more learning exactly what's working in e-commerce right now. You won't want to miss it. Sign up at wavebreak.co slash join. It's free. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day.